A lack of information around addiction and mental health issues has led to a lot of confusion. Heroes in Recovery is here to set the record straight and break the stigma through the power of storytelling and by celebrating the heroic efforts of those who walk this road of recovery every day. Our movement is built on the personal journeys of survivors, shining a spotlight on the disease of addiction and creating a global community of support. Go to heroesinrecovery.com to share your story, read hundreds of others, or join us for a 6K race. Together, we can break the stigma. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. Be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com for past episodes and resources. Also, you can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, at RealThatSoberGuy on Instagram, at Shane Waymer on Twitter. Uh, a couple of announcements. We have the Sober Guy live show coming up September 7th at the Phoenix Theater in Petaluma, California. Special guest TJ Woodward, uh, homie of the show, creator of Conscious Recovery, all around great dude, uh, will be there. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk recovery. We're going to try to uh, talk some motivation, have some laughs, listen to some music, and then we're going to have a live Q&A session towards the end of the show. And then afterwards, we'll all kick back and, uh, and shoot the shit for a while and have some fun. So I uh, hope to see you guys there. If you're in the Northern California area, uh, you can go to thephoenixtheater.com. And shit, if you're not in the Northern California area and you just want to come from out of town, I mean, that's even better, out of state or whatever you want to do. Uh, we would love to see you, love to meet you. So once again, go to phoenixtheater.com or you can go to thatsoberguy.com, click on the live events tab, and you can get your tickets there. Uh, if Also, if you're interested in listening to TJ uh, on Sober Guy, he's been on the podcast a couple of times prior to, to the live event we're going to do with him. Uh, those are episodes 186 and 141 if you want to learn a little bit more about him. Uh, so how are you guys liking the new Tuesday show with Seth? Um I'm stoked to have that that uh, show come out every week, and I think he's really doing a great job. You know, he's picked this up extremely fast for starting from scratch, from pre-production, having to schedule his own guests, um, recording, post-production stuff, uploading it all to Libsyn, getting the show notes in there, and then even creating um, a social media presence now where he's able to share some of the uh, some of the shows himself. So really, really good job on that. I hope you guys are digging it. Shoot us some feedback. Uh, let us know what you're liking about it, if there's anything in particular that you want to hear. And uh, I just want to give some love to Seth. He's really doing a great job, and it's awesome to, uh, to be doing this together with him. Um, let's jump into some iTunes reviews real quick before we get into our topic today, uh, how to handle anger and perfection. Um, I looked at these reviews recently and, uh, you know, we, we've had a few of them in the last couple of weeks and there's two in particular that I wanted to, uh, to take a look at today. The first one comes from G and it says, I wasn't ready to go to AA. I still don't know if I am, but this podcast has given me the fight I need to live sober and strive to deal with life on life's terms. I appreciate the honesty and the real talk that hits me right where I need it. Keep up the great work. So number one, thank you, G, for uh, the, the little look into what's going on in your life. Um, I wanted to mention with this review, you know, the podcast, this podcast, other podcasts, books, 
alternative programs, all types of other things. Um, you know, they're meant to, well, you know what? I can't say what those other ones are meant for. Let me just tell you what sober guys meant for actually first. It's not meant to supplement AA or a or NA or refuge or CR or any program out there. Um, it's meant to be, to be used as an additional resource in that. So like G says, I, I wasn't ready to go to AA and I still don't know if I am, but for right now, this podcast is, is kind of helping me out. And that's really what, what I hope for every time someone listens to this show, that it, it just helps to get them, um, you know, to, to, to where they're going, where they're headed, helps to open their mind up a little bit to new programs, new ideas. It's not meant to replace anything. It's just something in addition uh, to, to what either someone's already doing or what maybe they're looking for. So I think that's some really good, really good feedback there. And hey, may, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you don't know if you're ready to go to AA tomorrow, but maybe in a month you will be or NA or whatever program it is. The important thing is that you're doing something. And so whether it's a podcast for now or it is walking through the doors, um, you know, you're, you're staying on track and conscious of trying to better yourself and trying to get a little bit better at staying sober and living life on top of that. So thanks again for that one. Uh, I wanted to read one more. This one's from Rockin' Recovery. And uh, this one says, after 21 months in recovery, I hit a crucial wall. I've been going through a tough time trying to figure out who I am as a person in recovery. I had a lot of sleepless nights dealing with the multitude of issues that were eating me alive. During a long phone call to my closest bro who I met in the rooms of AA, he quoted a line that he heard on one of your podcasts and he suggested I start listening. I love the real talk about the true issues of recovery. After 36 years of drug and alcohol addiction, I've heard a ton of puppy and butterfly stories regarding recovery, but few of the stories that deal with the rough times and the rough issues we face. This podcast changed the trajectory of my recovery because I'm hearing honesty from people who deal with the same issues I do. Thank you. I listen every day. That's a great, um, great review right there with some honest thoughts and some from the heart love right there. And I just want to say uh, to Rock and Recovery, you know, who wrote it, thank you so much for that. It really does make me happy to see this stuff. And that goes back to just what I was saying with G's review is that this podcast, this platform is meant to be a bridge to help bridge some of those gaps in between and, and also have a little fun, create a little entertainment. I mean, come on, this is a show. And yeah, we talk about some serious things on here, but at the end of the day, in recovery or not, we all want to smile. We all want to laugh and we all want to have some fun. And I hope that, you know, uh, Seth and myself can provide that. Um, you know, in, in some of the content with guests and monologues and even the live show that's coming up too. So super pumped to, uh, to do that. And thank you guys again for the reviews. And once again, if you haven't left a review, you can go on iTunes and you can do that there. And, uh, we occasionally will, uh, we'll read them on here. So thank you again for that. Let's get into the t uh, today's topic. Um, actually, before we do that, if you do need some help, and, you're, and you have some questions, and you or a loved one needs uh, some assistance, anything, you can call Foundations Recovery Network. They have a confidential and private line, and you can reach them at 877-714-1318. We've been working with Foundations for a couple of years now. They have treatment centers across the country. Uh, so whether you're on the East Coast, the West Coast, in the middle of the country, 
there's usually somewhere involved um, in a general radius uh, that that you can reach out to that foundations would have a resource for you to uh, to contact. Uh, so once again, let me give you that number. It's 877-714-1318. If you just have some questions or anything, uh, feel free to reach out to those guys. They're good folks and they really do care and they can help answer any questions that you might have. All right, how to handle anger and perfection. I wish I knew. I wish I could tell you, <laughs> right? I don't have all the answers. I do know, though, in the last couple of weeks, I've been through a couple of different situations that anger came up and perfection came up. And so what I wanted to do today was share both of those with you and talk a little bit about how I dealt with those in the moment and then how I dealt with them after they were done and reflected on them to realize that I didn't deal with either situation the correct way. And um, I think what we'll do is, is we'll start with the anger side of it first. Um, you know, and, and I, I like to think that I've came a long way in my recovery in life as a man, as a dad, as a person in um, being able to control myself sometimes. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing more that pisses me off than not being able to unscrew the nut on the motherfucking pee trap under the sink. Do you hear my anger right there? <laughs> it's still popping up a little bit, even though I let it go. So let me tell you what happened. We had the garbage disposal get all backed up the other night. This was on Tuesday night after step study. Jess made a nice dinner. We had dinner as a family, which I highly recommend to everybody out there listening. Sit down as often as you can with your kids, with your loved one, um, extended family even, and have some dinner together. Unplug all the devices and talk like normal people. Because the art of communication is becoming a lost art. And that's one of the reasons that I love doing this podcast so much and talking to different people is because all tech stuff is out in that moment. It, well, I guess technically it's not because we're recording, right? But you know what I'm getting at. We're having a conversation and it's such an important thing to do. I just want to encourage everybody, if you're not already doing that, take some time and do it. Start with one day a week. It will make a huge difference in your family. Okay, so we're sitting there. We have a nice dinner. We clean up. We're getting ready to go to step study. And um, Jess kind of mentioned in passing that the garbage disposal and the sink was backed up. And I said, okay, okay. I was thinking about other stuff, whatever. I was pumped to go to step study. I was also, I was also pumped to get back home after step study and catch the last two or three innings of the Dodgers A's game. Uh, Los Angeles rarely comes to Oakland. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go watch either game uh, in Oakland like I wanted to, but I still did uh, get to catch some of it uh, on TV. So, we go to step study, have a great step study as usual. Um, you know, we, we pick the kids up, we come back home. I'm super pumped. I'm, you know, I'm ready. Oh yeah. Who wants to watch the A's game? Oh yeah. I'm about to roll in and man, get my sweats on, get my dad boner sweats. on. <laughs> Actually, that kind of sounds gross, huh? My dad boner sweats, but you know what I'm saying? Like the sweats that, um, 
that you, okay, just never mind. Let me just stop right there. Anyways, that's a kind of a kind of a running joke on the show. Uh, for those of you who are just tuning in, uh, I'm not a, that weird dad who wears boner sweats around every day. Anyways, get the game on. You know, I, cu- I come in, I turn the game on, then I go into the kitchen. And this is like, this is about at 8.45, 9 o'clock at night already. I think they were in the bottom of the sixth inning. By the, So, was, you know, there's a couple innings left of the game. I go in to get some water, get my little setup, and I realize, son of a bitch, the sink is still backed up. Do I want to try to tackle this now, or do I want to just put it off, watch the game, and do it in the morning? You know what? Man, don't put things off. Just do it now real quick. So the, the, the dishes are piled high in the sink, right? So I take all the dishes out and I get it all cleaned up. I, I I'm, And I'm thinking to myself, like, this isn't going to take long. It's a, I got to empty the P-trap probably. The P-trap's probably clogged up. I'll unscrew it. I'll clean it out. I'll fix it. And then I can put the dishes back. I'll do those tomorrow, whatever. So I get under there. And let me make this part of the story short. It's about 11 o'clock and I still haven't gotten the P-trap undone. I've used channel locks. I've tried to use a rag in my hands. I've drained all the water by this time. The, the, the smelly, nasty water that had a bunch of food in it and disgusting uh, stuff. Drain that all out. You know, I was smart enough to turn just, yeah, for you out there, I was smart enough to turn the water off and to put a bucket under there and, you know, drain all the stuff from the other side of the sink out. I'm not too happy by this point. Not too happy. I'm missing the game. I'm feeling sorry for myself. I just wanted to watch the game and I got to fix the damn sink. You should have heard me. I was going off under my breath, of course, right? At first, I believe Jess did come out at one point and, and, very nicely asked me, is there anything I can help with? And I told her, no, leave me alone. <laughs> like a little baby, a little crybaby. No, leave me alone. I'm trying to fix this. Can't you see I'm busy right now? <laughs> Unreal. She looked at me and rolled her eyes and was like, yeah, fool, you're a crybaby. Quit being a bitch and fix it. Turn around and walk back in the room. Oh, she didn't say that, by the way. But I'm pretty damn sure that's what she was thinking. She goes back into the room, you know, and so I, the game's over by this point. I'm still messing around with this thing. I figured out they glued the P-trap, the one side of it. And and so, you know, there was, there was no getting it off at that point. I was probably going to have to go to the store, the hardware store tomorrow, the hardware store. I was going to have to go over to the hardware store and get, get a special tool to undo the P. Are you kidding me? You're supposed to undo those things by hand. They're not that hard. It's not rocket science. So eventually I get so irritated that I decide I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to bed. I'm over this. So I slam some shit around a couple times to make it known that I'm not too happy about this. Cause that made me feel better in the moment. And I go to bed. Okay. So I wake up the next morning and I got to fix the disposal and the P trap again back to square one. And I'm kind of dreading it, kind of angry about it. I have meetings to attend for work. And, uh, what am I going to do? Am I going to complain about it? Am I going to get mad about it? Am I going to fix it? So I say, hell yeah, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to fix it. I'll be done real quick. 
Maybe I'll go get a plunger and try to plunge it out. That's probably what a smart person would have done from the beginning. I probably would have been able to watch the A's games, but I didn't. I was trying to make things difficult on myself. So I go get a plunger. I come back. I don't know why I'm just getting irritated right now, even telling the story, because I feel like it's too long. Let me just tell you what happened. At some point, I was banging my fist, saying F words repeatedly on the bottom kitchen sink because I couldn't get the P-trap open. I was so mad. I literally wanted to plunge my head through the wall. That's how mad I was. I haven't been that mad in a while. And and Jess kind of knows this. I don't get mad like that, like at the kids or Jess or anything like that. But when there's something that I can't do, I don't know what it is. I haven't tackled this yet. It makes me severely angry. And so the fact that this stupid nut on the P-trap was, was defeating me, it made me extremely angry. And I did not know how to handle it other than wanting to punch stuff and hit stuff and hurt myself. That felt good to me to bang my hand on the, I'm doing it right now, very a lot softer than I was, but I was banging my hand on the bottom of the sink, like I said, but I was doing it so hard that it would hurt myself. Now that might sound a little bit weird. It actually sounds a little bit weird as I say it. I'm a bit embarrassed to admit that, but I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys out there, especially, and I'm sure some of you ladies too, have been there before where you get so frustrated with something that you literally just want to explode. That's how mad it is. And it's usually over something stupid like this. So let me tell you how I fixed this real quick first. And then let me tell you how the reflection started to come in and realizing the behavior that I was, that I was doing. I got the, I went to the store, I got the plunger. I asked around a a little bit and, and thanks to, uh, my buddy Ian over at Ace Hardware for giving me some thoughts on on maybe some uh, you know some ideas on how I might be able to get this thing off. And then I think there was another guy there because I had to go twice, and he even gave me the tip: well, shoot it up with a hair dryer, the the pipe, and and heat it up, and that should work. And that you know it was a nice thought. It didn't it didn't work, but what did work was the plunger. After about 10, 20 minutes, I finally got it plunged out. I cleared it all out. And it was funny, the relief of the anger and the frustration and the accomplishment I felt as soon as that thing was released, all of that stuff was lifted from me. I felt fine. I felt happy. I felt like I won because I did. I won in that moment that it was cleared out. What I lost on was the fact that my wife and my son at some point, but I played it off pretty well because he heard me, you know, getting upset and came running into the kitchen at one point and I, and I kind of played it off and laughed with him and, I, and acted like I was just joking. So I'm not, I'm not sure if he, you know, saw the full scope of it. I, I don't think he heard me cursing or anything, thank God. But, um, you know, still it was embarrassing. It's an embarrassing moment. And. So I get it cleared up and, and what is my response to this anger, to this, 
you know, this frustration. How do I deal with this now? Because now I feel like a jackass because I'm real happy and I'm stoked because I cleared the damn pee trap out with something that should have took five minutes, only took me six hours, <laughs> probably combined. Um, you know, I missed some work because of it, because I had to get this thing done. And what a mess, right? For something so stupid. And I think that's why it pissed me off so much because I knew it, how stupid it was. And I knew how stupid I felt. And I, I reverted back to a lot of those old feelings of insecure, uh, insecurity that I've talked about before about not being able to do things, not feeling like a man, feeling inadequate, feeling um, defeated. You know, those feelings started to pop up again. And, and, and uh, you know, that goes back to page 86 in the big book. Feelings of discontentment, resentment, um, anger, all those things pop up. What do we do? We turn, we turn our focus on someone we can help, on serving. Okay, so with that said, let me tell you what I did. And it's funny because Buddy pointed this out to me uh, when we met this week in our in uh, in our conversation about turning your, you know, page 86 and then turning those feelings over to someone you can help. And I and, and thankfully I did this kind of subconsciously. I didn't think about this in the moment and say, oh, I need to turn some, to somebody to help. I knew what to do after all this. Okay, so number one, I apologized. I apologized to my wife. And I said, look, I'm sorry for the way that I talked to you. I'm sorry that I got angry with you and told you to leave me alone and to get out. I was trying to fix this. Um, and, and I think I did try to justify it a little bit by saying, you know, hey, you know how mad I get. And, and she kind of shut me up quick and said, that's not an excuse. Like, I don't care. Like, you don't need to act like that. You're a big baby. <laughs> and I laughed and I said, you're right. I am a big baby when it comes to stuff like that. I got to work on that. So number one, I apologized. And number two, I did all the damn dishes that were in the sink. And I cleaned them all out by hand because the dishwasher was backed up. And um, I didn't do it angrily. I actually did it as a form of therapy too because I was still kind of coming down off some of this anger and and feeling stupid for the way that I acted. And, you know, I put some, put some music on and I just went through and cleaned the whole kitchen clean the sink out, clean the bottom of the sink out, um, you know, wash the dishes by hand. And, you know, that was kind of my way of, of also apologizing to, to Jess for my behavior. And here's what I learned on this. Okay. Cause I know that story was a little bit long. I, I didn't, I didn't write any of it out today or take any notes. I just am kind of going off the top of my head. So I hope it didn't drag on too much, but here's what I learned is that in the moment, I have to stop myself. I, ha I should have, what I should have done in that moment is stopped and, and taken a, a more break. I did take one or two breaks, but I should have taken more. And I should have went to my big book to 86 and read that. I should have went to maybe the Bible and read a, a quick passage on there about anger. You can look up anger in there and in and, and any you know part in that, anything you're going through and read some scripture on it. Maybe I should have text somebody or called somebody, you know, and I did think of that too. And you know what I, you know, now, now that I'm talking this out, you know why I didn't call anybody because I felt inadequate. I felt insecure as a man. I didn't want to call one of my homies and say, Hey, I can't get this off. I'm having a hard time with it. It's pissing me off. What do I do? You know? And I think I used the excuse. Oh, it's too late at night. It's nine 30, but I'm sure there's somebody I probably could have called, but I didn't. And so point being, I know the resources that I have available in those moments 
And still till this day, I still don't use them like I should all the time. There's many moments I do. Thankfully, I've came a long way, but I'm not perfect. You know, and that'll lead us into the into the next thing we're going to talk about is perfection. Um, but real quick to wrap up the anger part of this, you know, I have to be conscious in that moment of the behavior that I'm doing. I have to, and I have to stop myself and allow myself um, a healthy way to vent that out. And it might be screaming fuck really loud. Okay. But you know what I should do? I should go out to the garage or go out to the backyard or stuff my face in a pillow and hope, you know, for the best that I, <laughs> you know, that I can, that, that's going to make it feel better and, 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 and curse a couple times into it and scream and yell real quick. If that's what I need to do to let that go. Now, I don't know if that's the best answer. I'm not encouraging that by any means either to anybody out there. You know, that's just for me what, what I know in that moment, if I'm so frustrated, I might need to do that, you know, versus doing it out loud in the kitchen where my family can potentially hear me from the other room, you know, making it known that I'm angry. And that's what I was doing like a little baby, you know, and, and, uh, it's funny to, to, to even talk about it now and to, and to, and to think back about it. It's, it's quite ridiculous. But in the moment, that's what it was. So, like I said, use the resources that I have to reach out, you know, to a homie, to the big book, to a Bible, to your whatever sources that you use to help get through whatever situation it is. Stop and take a break. That's what I should have done. And, um, you know, it's this whole thing is that we're in process, right? We're learning. I'm learning as I go. There's new situations that pop up all the time and, uh, I have to learn as I go. So this next one, you know, and that kind of leads us into perfection. The next one is perfection. What are we talking about in perfection? And oh boy, busting myself out again. This, you know, I had the anger one this week and now, what else do I have that I talk about on the show often lately is the struggle with food. So I'm out dropping some paperwork off yesterday at the end of the day. And uh, Jess texted me and said, hey, can you go to the store and get some sour cream and avocado and some butt wipe? Toilet paper, in other words. I like to call it butt wipe sometimes because I think it's funny, but it's probably not. I said, sure, I can go get some TP, some sour cream and some avocado. No big deal. You know what? Immediately I thought, I thought, oh, hell yeah. Daddy's getting a cherry pie. <laughs> Embarrassing, right? Embarrassing. And that's what I thought. I use food and I use sugar as a form of comfort and as a form to destroy myself in a sense, because it feels good to do bad. And since I don't sit in my car and drink bottles of vodka anymore and snort cocaine, <laughs> the next best thing's going to be a motherfucking cherry pie, son. Right? Wrong. Ridiculous. I know how it makes me feel. I know it's a terrible idea. I know that I should not be eating cherry pies but I do it anyway. 
Why? There's a spiritual disconnection in that still in my life. I can't quite figure it out. The more I try to figure it out, the less I figure it out, the worse it gets. So I go in, I get the stuff. I even bought a a pack of cookies too for later on in the night because fuck it, right? Why not? I'm already going to eat a pie. Who cares? Just like the bag of Coke. I've already done four lines. I'm not saving that shit. Let's do it all. Same mentality. And, uh, you know, what did I do too? This is the other funny part of this. So I get in the car and I'm, 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 I'm reverting back to old behavior. Just like, you know, just like back in the day, sitting in my car doing drugs and drinking. I get the cherry pie and ice cold water and I crush it right there real quick like a fiend. And then I crumple the the wrapper up and I put it in the bag. So that way when I get home, I can take it out of the bag and hide it (laughs) and throw it away before anybody can see it. Anybody can see my, my love for hostess cherry pies. What a loser, right? (laughs) No, I'm not a loser, but I am fucked up sometimes, even if it comes to cherry pies. And I got to be honest with myself about it. It's hilarious to some extent. It really is. It's also embarrassing to an extent. It really is. You know, but the fact that I at least have the balls to admit it to myself and on the podcast, I guess, because that is a tool that I use. Like a lot, I get a lot of emails and a lot of people say how much the shows help them, but good Lord, I don't think y'all realize how much this show helps me. And I appreciate you guys. And I appreciate, you know, the, the people that, that reach out and, and share stories and tell stuff because it makes me feel comfortable to share my own stuff. I could sit up here like a jackass and act like I got it all figured out and I'm the fucking podcast guy and I'm in recovery and yeah, fucking hell yeah, do it all. But that's just not the truth. That's far from the truth. You know, I struggle with stuff every single day and, you know, anger this week and, and perfection, you know, the struggle with food. And I'll, I'll get into it right now, how that ties into the perfection part. But, you know, those are two of them that popped up this week. And so one, so I, so we, I talked about this with, with buddy, with my sponsor, for those of you who, who don't know my sponsor's name is buddy. I want to encourage everybody else out there. If you don't have a sponsor or a mentor, get one. It's extremely important. I didn't realize how important it was until I had somebody that I could, um, you know, count on and, and rely on to work the steps with, to talk to, uh, to hold me accountable for stuff. And so it's such an important thing. And I didn't think I needed one for a couple of years and early in my recovery. And I was so wrong about that. So, like I said, anyone out there listening, if you don't have a mentor or a sponsor or an accountability partner, man, just get one. If you say, how do I get one? Um, you know, I think we've done a couple episodes on that too. How, how to find a sponsor. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head right now what episodes it is, but if you, if you scroll through there, I know there's some ones with sponsorship details in there, but you can go to a meeting. I mean, start going to, going to some meetings and, and looking out there, uh, and trying to find someone that has what you want. That's how you kind of find a sponsor. Okay. But 
back to the to the story here. So we we talked about this, you know, the food story and the issue with going to the store. And this isn't the first time I've mentioned this on the podcast or to my sponsor either. And one of the things that he said right off the bat, and I wanted to share this, is something that was um, that that I thought was was really relatable to this. Uh, not just food thing, but just life in general that has to do with us trying to be perfect. And he said, I should be less focused on perfection and more focused on being dependent on God. And that made a lot of sense to me. Made a lot of sense because when I'm focused on trying to be perfect, trying to eat perfect, trying to not eat, you know, I shouldn't be eating cherry pies, no doubt. Okay. But the more that I focus on not eating those and not eating junk food and, and shitty foods, putting that crap into my body, the harder it is for me to do it because I'm relying on self. I'm relying on me. I'm relying on my own willpower to do it. And my willpower sucks a lot of the time. It's not very good. It's probably why I'm in recovery. But when I'm dependent on God, when I'm dependent on my higher power, when I'm dependent on something greater than me, whatever that is to you, doesn't have to be a label on it, so don't get all caught up in that. Get fucking email. You talk about God too much. Well, you know what? Like, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that you have to have a specific God. Just there's there has to be something higher for me at least. I think there is. I you know it, and 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 that goes back to being dependent on that. And when I can do that, when I can be dependent on God. It takes away the elements of perfection. I don't have to be perfect because I'm not, and I never will be. And so I really am trying to focus in today and obviously moving forward, but I really want to practice living in the moment and just today on being dependent on my faith, on something higher than me. And that takes away all the willpower, all the self-control. I, I'm just not very good at it. And, and, and the more dependent I am on God, the better I will be. And so that will fall into place with the eating, with the exercise, with obviously not drinking, not doing drugs, you know, um, all that kind of, kind of comes, comes together for me. And it made a lot of sense when I, when I think back about my struggles with food, because man, like I, I think I was in group I can't remember if it was Monday night we do CR and then Tuesday night we do step study. I can't remember if it was in my CR group or my step study group. But one of them, I, I had to admit, you know, about, it's not just cherry pies. Like, let's say I'm driving back from Fresno. Okay. A lot of you guys know I'm in Fresno a lot um, for meetings and for podcasts and for other work stuff. And so that drive for me is about a three and a half hour drive home. And a lot of the time what I'll do to help stay awake and, and to, to stay up and to make myself feel good is I'll get a shitload of candy and just eat all of it on the way home and I'll get sick. I will literally feel like dog shit when I get home. And I don't do this every time because sometimes, sometimes I can control it and sometimes I can't. There's a good example not being dependent on my spiritual, you know, um, my spiritual walk. It's me trying to do it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And 
you know, I, 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 so I admitted that and I had to just like sit back and, and kind of think about that for a second. Like, man, this is such a battle. And Shane, you're not winning this battle because you're not locked in spiritually in it. And so I don't know, man. I feel confused about talking about all this shit right now, to be honest. Um, it's a it's a lot. It's a lot to process, but at the end of the day, I think that it that it is pretty simple. It's pretty simple in the fact that number one, I need to use my resources that I have, you know, when these types of things pop up, whether it's anger, perfection, resentment, any of those things. And number two, I need to focus more on being dependent in an easy way, very easy way. And I, you know, I have to tell myself that because I can overcomplicate it and say, well, I need to do X, Y, Z, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F in order to be dependent. Well, Sure, there's some things that I need to stay locked into, meditation, prayer, that kind of stuff, but really I need to keep it simple. And keeping it simple for me just means like they say in step 11, God uh show me my will and grant me the power to carry it out. That's it. I don't need to be praying or meditating for a bunch of stuff to happen and please do this and please do that and I mean, I'm sure there's a time and a place for some of that, some of that stuff, no doubt in, in, in different people's situations, but for the most part on the daily grind, man, I just want God to show me my will and, and allow me to carry that out, what he has planned for me that day. And, and when I get on that tip, the day's a little bit easier. You know, I don't go to the store to get toilet paper, avocado and sour cream and come out with a bunch of junk food. You know, I don't try to go fix something and not be able to do it and like a little crybaby bang my fist around and 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 curse. It's embarrassing. You know, I'm in I'm I'm embarrassed when I just thought about man, I'm like I'm I'm half embarrassed and I'm half laughing at myself because I'm thinking back about what I must have looked like. Like a like a you know, like just like a little bitch. Like straight up. Damn, I'm being real hard. See, now here's another thing. I'm, I, didn't, I didn't intend on talking about this, but let's talk about grace real quick too. Look at me beating myself up, calling myself names, embarrassed of myself. And, you know, hey, rightfully so to an extent, right? But at the same time, I got to give myself grace. I got to give myself grace in these moments and understand that this is a learning process. And the moment that I stop acting like I'm learning something and that I got it all figured out, that's the moment I end up high as fuck in a gutter, maybe maybe dead. Because that's the moment when all hell, you know, can can hit shit can hit the fan at that time because I've lost that connection because I think I got it all figured out. I will never have it all figured out. And, and that keeps me humble in my own right. And, and back to grace, though, you know, I have to give myself grace in these situations to continue to learn, to continue understanding why it is that I act these certain ways in certain situations. It's kind of fun, actually, too. It's kind of like a game. I kind of get to figure myself out or at least attempt to. Man, we're, we're, we're just weird. We're just weird people. 
we're all a little bit weird. We do weird things. We do weird things in, 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 in life. We do weird things in our minds. We do weird things. We're weird people. We are. And it's a part of it. And un- the more that I understand that, that I'm not special, I'm not unique, you know, all these, all these things that I go through, there's somebody else out there going through the same shit. That gives me a little bit of, uh, of relief in that and knowing that I'm not in this alone. And it's okay to give myself a little bit grace and ask for forgiveness and uh, learn from that for the next time these types of situations pop up. Because I guarantee you they will. You know, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that it still pops up sometimes that I want to get fucked up and just release from all of that stress and stuff that's going on in my life. Um, you know, and, and understanding and expecting those things, I feel like I'm a little bit ahead of the game in that of myself. I mean, of, of myself in expecting those things to come because they do occasionally. And when I expect them to be there, I can learn to deal with them a little bit more. So I hope you guys got something out of this mad spider web of a mess. I just puked all over the microphone today. It's one of those podcasts, you know, where um, it's really off the top of my cranium and I'm venting, I'm half venting, I'm half sharing. uh, And I I just, I hope that somebody out there listening gets at least one thing I said today that can help them. Um, Once again, if you need some help, you can call Foundations Recovery Network, 877-714-1318. Be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at Real That Sober Guy on Instagram, at Shane Raymer on Twitter, and uh, go get your tickets for the live show September 7th at the Phoenix Theater. Peace, love, respect. Love you guys. Thank you.